Hey everyone, welcome to episode 114 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, or this week, otherwise known as 15 with Randy and Yvette. Due to circumstances outside of our control in the realm of technology, this week's format is going to be a little bit different as we continue to investigate our summer series, where we invite guests to share their journeys and insights with us, and this year, they are sharing their favorite scriptures and the impact it's had on their lives. I am super excited for this week's guest as it is a longtime friend and ministry partner from way, way back. We were both part of an amazing ministry called Deeper, and our families have since both found their way here to the Florida Hospital Church. Yvette Aponte is our guest, and I'm so happy that she has taken the time to join us this week. Now, before we begin... Last week featured a great conversation with Florida Hospital Church member David Banks speaking on God's reconciliation and our non-roles to play as Christians. Basically, we decided that God isn't waiting for you to become something else in order to love you. As always, if you've missed an episode, one of the messages, you can find everything you need in episode notes by swiping up in iTunes or by clicking on episodes at hospitalchurch.org slash podcast and everything you need will be right there. And as always, Florida Hospital Church mobile app has everything you need, hospitalchurch.org slash FHCAPP. Now, on to this week. Due to the aforementioned technology issues, Yvette and I had a conversation this afternoon at the church in which her answers to the questions we would normally ask on the podcast were taped via her cell phone. So you will hear her responses in that format. So it's going to sound a little bit different, but hang on because we had a really, really good conversation and her answers were great. The first thing that I discussed with Yvette was that Philippians 4.13, this verse happens to be one of my favorites, and I have a sneaky suspicion that many more would raise their hand in agreement and claim it as one of their favorites as well. And I loved the three lies concept that she laid out and the personal stories that she shared with them. It's just like we talked about with Raina. If you can share a part of your personal journey, it's always going to land a little bit harder and stay with that person a little bit longer that you're willing to be transparent and share your journey. And she did that and all three of these lies that she set out to uncover. Myself as a former financial advisor, watching clients struggle under debt and encouraging them to live debt-free and within their means as much as possible I really love that she shared part of her and Abel's financial journey. This is something that's more akin to deep, dark sins that people don't really want to talk about because our financial trials, particularly in our land of plenty, comes with a heavy dose of shame. And the hardest work you will ever do in trying to sustain current life, which you haven't been able to do so far underneath all of this debt, plus pay down what seems like an insurmountable mountain of debt for things you probably don't have anymore, things that you don't use anymore, or have already just gone by the wayside. My question was, what was it that solidified in her life and in Abel's life as a married couple the need for change? And here was her answer. So Abel and I, I consider ourselves to be soulmates. We're a power couple. We honestly rarely fight. But during that time, we were fighting a lot. And, and I would say fighting, but more like um, arguing a lot, not fighting with punches or anything, but arguing a lot. And it was always about money. 
And it got to a point where it was like, why did you spend $20? We just busted the budget. You know, it, I mean, it was something so minuscule. And initially we didn't even think about it, but then it got to a point that it was constantly. And now there was like the strain. And that was what was like, wait a minute, some, what is happening? We're arguing a lot. That's not our dynamic. There was like this tension constantly, like you're stepping on eggshells. And so that was what really got us to admit that we had a situation. But the low point was when every two weeks we had to get cash advances. And that made us look at what was happening. So we had to get cash advances. My mom was starting to send me money. Someone that I'm supposed to be helping out, you know, at this stage in life, she started sending me money and, she, and she's on a social security income. And that opened my mind. And that was really what opened our eyes that we had a situation here. So at this point, I'm wondering, because she didn't cover it in the message on Saturday, how exactly did you go about getting rid of all this debt, over $90,000? Did you use a particular system or program? And how did you go about tackling this debt problem as a couple? So initially, we were all over the place trying to tackle this huge mountain of debt. I mean, we're talking about $91,000 worth of debt. And we had nothing extra to pay it off with. So it was incredibly overwhelming. So we realized the way that we had been doing it in the past wasn't working. That's why we had $91,000 worth of debt. But I went to the grocery store one day and happened to come upon a coworker who I hadn't seen in a long time. And I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, I'm doing good. I'm actually following Dave Ramsey's plan and it's working great for us. And I'm like, who is that guy? And he, I've never heard of this guy at all in my life. And he's like, it's this Christian guy who teaches you how to pay off debt. Literally, that was the extent of our conversation. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Great. Like, thank you. It's good seeing you. That encounter was God sent because I went home and I Googled this guy. I'm like, who is Dave Ramsey? Like, and this literally happened two weeks after we had decided that we need to do something and we had prayed and we had cried and we had asked God for forgiveness. I knew that there was something more to this encounter. So I Googled this guy and up comes his baby steps as to on YouTube as to how to pay off debt. So I heard his baby steps. And I remember for once getting excited because it made sense and it was easy and it wasn't difficult. And it was literally just learning. I'm an engineer, so I like things to be put out in very logical ways, you know, something that's step by step. And this was just an easy way of how to conquer debt. And it turns out he was coming to Orlando like two weeks after that. So this was all God sent and we were able to go see him and got the necessary steps and the tools that we needed. And we started following the baby steps as to how to conquer this debt. So I have to say that the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University was what helped us get through because we actually saw a light at the end of the tunnel. And as the debt started going down, it got us even more excited and it got us to a point that we were able to tackle that debt. Contentment sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, who wouldn't choose contentment? But my next question to her was, how do you know when you were content? Because many people say and act like they are, but in reality, they're chasing contentment through this very process of accumulation of things. And so how do you really know what did it mean to them to be content after they had this debt paid off and they started living life in a different way? I knew I was content when I didn't find joy in things. I had decided 
Well, I, and I'm not going to say I, because this was between me and Abel. Like, we both decided that we wanted our future to be full of experiences and not things. And when we made that mindset change, we realized that the sales that were in the store really were about things we didn't need. Because to me, I'm a recovering shopaholic. And so Black Fridays are like, seriously, to this day, they still, like, I still get that excitement. <laughs> you know what I mean? So to realize that I didn't need what was being put in front of me, to realize that the advertising that was out there was just a gimmick to get me inside the store, you know, to get stuff I didn't need. So just having that change of mindset was huge and made me realize that my joy initially was found in things. And now being content wasn't about things. It was about finding joy in the family experiences and in just doing things together and, and, and in creating memories, not in actually having things. And that's how I defined contentment. So after thoroughly debunking the first lie of the financial woes and the things that we think we need, we move directly into lie number two, which said, I am a bad fill in the blank. Her fill in the blank involved parenting, being a mom. And for those of us that are parents, we can probably relate to some of those feelings of inadequacy and failure that she described. But there are so many fill-in-the-blank possibilities here. How do you find hope where there seems to be none? I mean, we don't share these fill-in-the-blank items with others, and we feel all alone in that no one understands our struggle because they don't know. Far too often, the reason they don't know is because we don't share. So... How do you find hope where there just seems to be none? Funny you should ask me that question because I actually felt alone during this journey and did not share it until way after and honestly with my husband and like my sister. Like it was very, very close knit, the people that I shared this to. I found hope by praying for others. Like I saw that there were other people that were in worse situations than me. Like for me, my, my lie was I was a bad mom. And then I realized during that time that I had a friend whose baby was born severely premature and she was battling the possibility of losing her child who was born at 24 weeks gestation, which is on the borderline of death, really, for a, a, a child. And so for me, praying for her made me realize that it's like, wow, here I am going through this, and yet I have a healthy baby. So I, that opened my eyes to the fact that I had to give thanks for the things that I could see and not for the things that my mind was telling me. So that's where I found my hope. So I started journaling three things every day that I could give thanks for, that I could see. Facts. Because your mind will tell you you feel horrible or you look horrible or you're doing this wrong. But what was the things that I could see? Oh, well, my child is, is laughing. I would give thanks for that. So I'd start out with very simple things. And, oh, look, he had a great nap. I was able to have a nap. So I would tell people that are going through, through these battles in their mind is to write it down. Once you write it down and you read it back, it's so much different than if you just repeat it in your head and then put in front of you really what the facts are. And when you realize it, it's your head makes it that much bigger and that much worse than it really is. As Yvette was describing how she found hope, it made me think that even with the realization of hope, it doesn't guarantee that everything will be smooth sailing. It made me think of our final thoughts from the Spinella's message in episode 111 a few weeks ago, where Doug said, 
Our fears are always worse than reality, or at least God's reality. So my question to Yvette was, what have you found that keeps you grounded to your hope? And what advice do you give personally to people who've heard your story and say, how do you hang on when it just seems like there is no hope and I don't know what to do? Honestly, if you read the news, you can realize that there are so many people out there that are going through so many worse things than you are. So my advice is to try to be compassionate for other people, to be sympathetic for other people, to not to try to get out of that me environment and actually focus on other people, on, on praying for them, on realizing that things could be so much worse and what we're really going through isn't as bad as you really think it is. And when you realize that, you cling to that to that hope. Once you have found it, how to stay with it is to just focus on spreading that to someone else. So as we were talking, I was starting to get the feeling that she was about to go a little too far, hit a little too close to home. She'd made her point through the first two. God and God are the answers to both. But Yvette, were we really talking and suggesting that we just let go, stand aside, and just let God lead the way without our own thoughts and directions? Was that really what she was talking about? That's exactly what I am suggesting, because when we try to do things ourselves, we just tend to make a mess. God just knows everything so much better than we think that we know things. I remember I was once in a performance review with my boss. He's like, Yvette, you're a great engineer, but you always just tend to focus on your project instead of how your project fits in the big picture. And I'm like, wow, that's actually really good because I've always been so tunnel vision. And that's many times how we deal with life. It's that we just focus on me and how I can do things. And this is my story. And this is the way that things need to happen and fall into place. When in reality, God has the bigger picture and the best picture and the best results possible for our lives and for the overall mission and the overall vision of our purpose here on this earth. And many times that requires us to do the hardest thing, which is just let go and, and let him just do the work. We're really just in for the ride. He's going to do the hard work. We just have to trust and let go. In her structural engineering test story, she said that she heard a voice saying the word finish and then confirming again the word finish. And I wanted to know if what I thought she was saying was what she was really saying. And that was that God still speaks to us today. And if so, how does someone hear that voice if they've never heard it before? They don't know what it sounds like. They don't know what to do to get in connection with that voice. Yes, I believe and I know that God speaks to us today. One thing you need to do is to take away the distractions in your life so that that voice is clear and defined in your head. For me, distractions were reality TV. I am like a junk addict to reality TV, but it was taking up too much time. When I would go to bed, I'd be thinking about the last episode I saw, blah, blah, blah. I knew I had to eliminate that stuff. So I, I took it away. And don't, don't get me wrong, I love myself some great HGTV. <laughs> but I just had to eliminate distractions from my life. I started waking up early. And instead of working out first thing, I was actually doing 
my meditations first thing. And it's not because I think it's the best time. It's because it was the only time in the day that I could have quiet. And so if that time is late at night for anyone, then, then do it. Or if that's in your lunch break, then do it. But as a mom, I'm working full time. I just didn't have a quiet time. So I did in the morning, which also isn't just about me talking. I learned that I have to listen, feel the impression of God. And so that voice has actually become familiar and it takes time and it takes practice. It's definitely possible. As we wrapped up our conversation this afternoon, I wanted to know what one thing she may have learned or maybe had been reminded of while preparing to deliver her message. The one thing that you absolutely don't want people to forget. Our friend Danny Hernandez used to finish all of his messages by saying, if you forget everything else I've said, well, if you forgot everything else she just said. The one thing that I would love everyone to remember is that there is no lie or fear too big in the face of God. God will trump every single lie, fear, doubt, insecurity, whatever it is that you are going through right now, in the face of God, it has no chance. The strength that Philippians 4.13 talks about, it's one that requires God. Don't set him to the side. You need him in order to get through whatever it is that you're going through. So just place it on his hands and, and he'll do the hard stuff. You just need to show up. Place it in his hands. He'll do the hard stuff. We just have to show up. That's something each of us would do well to remember each and every day. This week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, what part of your story will you share to inspire others? We heard numerous tales from Yvette and Abel's life and the struggles and the challenges and the way that God brought them through each and every one of those better than they were before. Of course, sharing is not easy. Sharing things about yourself that more closely resemble struggles at best and maybe dumpster fires at worst is a horrific thought for most. But if you resonated with any of Yvette's journey as she shared it so boldly, then you know the power that it can have. And when coupled with the Holy Spirit's translation to someone else's ears, lives can be changed. Something to consider as we strive to live authentically transparent lives for Jesus. If you'd like to pass around a little inspiration and have a story to share, you can remain anonymous. You can leave a voicemail or send a text message to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Our final thoughts come from the closing to Yvette's message where she said, God has a unique plan for you, plans to give you hope and a future. No lie or fear will stand a chance in the face of God. Your story is an awesome story because you are victorious in Christ. All right, upcoming this week is part six and the final message of this Text Me series, which we have enjoyed so much, with our final guest, Joyce Cortez. She will be highlighting her favorite text of Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you once again to Yvette for a great message and your willingness to be a part of the podcast, even though things didn't go exactly according to plan. Do join us again next Wednesday for episode 115. Thanks for listening and have a great week.